0: You're gonna make mistakes. It's not gonna be perfect. Sometimes you're gonna think it's, you know, gonna be a complete mess. But you learn with every aspect of that, and you become so much stronger and so much better because of it.
1: Convincing yourself that you have a good idea is step one, and then um, being brave enough to go and write that idea down and go to people and, and, you know, sell them on it, get them, get them excited to invest in your company, get that first little bit of, of income. That's really the hardest part.
2: From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Jasmine and Ryan Farrell, the Morrisville-based husband-wife team behind Zest Bloom, one of Vermont's most exciting web3 startups. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber.
3: And David Bradbury.
2: Recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Let's try that again. I messed up recording the first time. Jasmine, Ryan, hello.
1: Good hello, morning. thank you for uh, welcoming us. <laughs> good
3: morning. See, your
2: second hello is like way better anyway. So That's I'm right. feeling really good about this. I don't know,
1: that first one was going
3: pretty well, I thought. Damn it. <laughs> I was uncomfortable with it. So I'm, let's get into it here. This is like, it's crypto, it's DeFi, it's blockchain, Sam. This yeah,
2: is like, I'm, I'm going to be the, the novice here that'll ask all the painfully obvious questions. But I'm hoping some of our listeners are sort of at my level here too. What is Web3? What does that mean? We're seeing it everywhere. What does it mean?
1: Well, um, it is a new method of interacting with the Internet uh, in a way that decentralizes authority, puts control back into the hands of consumers and creators uh, and different participants within the ecosystem, within the whole web e- ecosystem.
0: Uh, I'm going to do a little bit more simplistic description. It, it's a public ledger. Uh the information is public. You can see the transactions clearly, and you know when those
2: transactions are happening. Sort of democratizing the internet, if you will.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what Jasmine said. But as it's getting more advanced, we're seeing uh, we're seeing things like smart contracts and code, and things like things being able to live uh, within that public record. So uh, it's being it's it's growing, and it's still in its in its infancy, and we're still we still are exploring the power. That it's going to unlock for people,
3: and, and the blockchain is sort of the the word we use to describe the enabling ledger. Is that correct? Yes, okay.
1: it's like
0: a historical uh, timestamp. So that's what's really beautiful about it. It is um, crystal clear how transactions are being done. You have a timestamp that everybody agrees upon, and so you know when a transaction is going to has has occurred in the past. Um, that hasn't really been seen on the internet before, and so that's what makes this quite unique. I don't believe the blockchain will go anywhere. It's here to stay. But how we utilize that is really undetermined still, and we're just the pioneers that are going to help facilitate that.
3: Heck yeah. I mean, my God, look they're so thoughtful, so calm, exciting. intelligent. It is exciting. So... Sam, do you remember our first contact with Jasmine?
2: I mean, I remember Jasmine reaching out and I remember reading it and being like, I don't know exactly what she is talking about, but she sounds cool. So I'm going to give her a call. It was like a creative studio for like folks that are interested in like web design and
0: artists
3: UX. UX. Co-op totally and she's engineers
0: yeah, yeah. And i she's, still want to facilitate that That's a total dream still i think I that love there's some value behind it yeah uh, truth well, truth
3: sin i thought it were, i thought were it was, you going to delete it or forward <laughs> it to somebody else like how you close was 100% it 100
2: percent would have deleted it i actually did no, not no
3: morrisville Goldmore county that's my that's my my area so um can you tell us about your backgrounds and and sort of how did you end up um in morrisville
0: yeah, um, I'll I'll kind of start with my background. So I initially started as well, I graduate the Selma like biochem degree. And then I went into finance. I was a JP Morgan uh, financial advisor for the Wealth Department for six years. And then I transitioned into a startup called Lending Club. And they actually went public. They went IPO when I was there. So I kind of saw the roots of it all, like what it meant to be a startup and what that looks like, that journey. And I told Ryan I wanted to go back to school, so he helped actually facilitate that. And uh, I went back to a community college. I got my background in Linux, C++, and I took courses also in Berkeley. And then I got an internship at um, Lawrence Berkeley Lab as a site reliability engineer. So that was really cool, and I worked with big data, um, the supercomputers and and then I got pregnant and we moved to Vermont and we decided uh, kind of a family lifestyle was for us but um, we still wanted to stay in engineering of course.
1: Yeah and um, so I'm I've been a career engineer um, my whole uh, I mean my whole professional life Um, I started I studied electrical engineering at UC Irvine Um, I went on to work on um, digital signaling devices um, and extension devices, doing um, hardware QA, and then kind of transitioned into automating the whole QA process. I went on to work for uh, Dolby Laboratories doing um, audio analysis, uh, validation of audio compression tools, and working on their Dolby Atmos surround sound systems. I've worked for Canonical, um, the makers of Ubuntu, on um, cloud reliability. Automated tools, and then uh, and then I actually, as we transitioned here to Vermont, I spent some time working at uh, Logic Supply, now known as OnLogic, Fantastic company. That's right. We love that company. Um, and uh, and then this uh, a couple of years ago, I guess um, I decided I wanted to be fully remote, and I um, and then we we kind of wanted to start our own company, so we we kind of started coming down this path. I knew that together we could build something great. We just weren't sure at the time what it was going to be. <laughs>
3: So um you're going to start your family, you found a house on the internet, you wanted to go see and you, you show I, up in Morrisville and
1: I like that
0: you gave up the fact that we yeah, we bought our house online sight unseen. So. So
1: don't do that by the
3: way. <laughs> no, but it, we don't regret it. It yes. was
1: it worked out really great for us, but it could have could have it's been a very different. It's a gorgeous
3: Victorian <laughs> house. <laughs> it's 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 got a, you know, non-traditional color. Love it. Um, I I stopped and took a picture of it. I didn't tell you guys this because I want the picture, you know, like they show that photo of Google started in this garage, right? <laughs> I feel like the Web3 search engine started at this blue Victorian house in, in Morrisville. I can't wait for you to show it to the world.
0: Yeah, the, uh, we definitely picked a San Francisco color, and I, I do believe Mary West, our neighbor, was uh, a little dubious of it all. <laughs> oh,
2: and so why Vermont? I, is, was it totally kind of random? Did you have any connection here? Um so we really love Bernie Sanders. We're part of him.
0: Yeah. No, and, and we did our research on all the different states that we wanted to live in, and we did a East Coast trip. Awesome. And we arrived to Vermont and absolutely loved it. Like, we fell in love with it. it Thank God
2: for us. Am I right, Dave?
3: Whew. Okay. <laughs> so it's just an important thing to, I don't know, so many people have arrived in the last couple of years here, and everybody has a story. Some some are looking for climate that's better you know the air is clearer or the water or grass in your backyard things like that we used to take for granted that you really can't everywhere and um not everybody comes as well credentialed as you both do so um, yeah man
2: those resumes are you kidding me
3: i know just nice humble people <laughs> doing it i love it i love it so what is zest bloom please So Zestbloom is
0: a uh, search engine, actually, on the blockchain. We look for different NFTs on the blockchain and we confirm originality on those particular
1: NFTs. Um, That's right. Yeah, we've we've started, um, I guess we've started building, we started focusing on the problem of originality detection, um, you know, I guess a year to nine months ago. And as we started building out the, um, the technology, we had a, a, a third partner join us, Evan Maltz. He's a PhD uh, uh, graduate, graduate from graduate UCLA. From the UCLA. Um, and he brought with him um, some really excellent expertise in that exact realm. Uh, and and through, some, through his contribution uh, and the ability to do um, you know, reverse image search and originality detection, We actually also ended up building all the components needed for a a fast and efficient search engine that uses natural language processing. Uh, It can do complex queries and find um, what's in imagery just by um, the descriptions and the things that are in the picture and there's no need for any additional metadata to be um, indexed. And it, it, it works amazingly well. We can do that reverse image search and we can do that text search. Wow,
2: amazing. So I have a couple questions. One was, Um, First of all, I think just for listeners, what's an NFT? An NFT is anything that's
0: minted on the blockchain. So it could be a picture, it could be text, um, it could be an audio file. Essentially, it detects when it was minted, the date and the time, as we described earlier. Mm -hmm. um, And that's what makes it an NFT. So it becomes public on the ledger, you know when it existed. And so it gives it kind of a defined... Um, date that most assets on the internet, you have no idea when they were placed on there or how long they've been on there. Totally. Okay. I, uh, I
1: hate I hate the word NFT personally. I wish we had a better way to describe it, but it yeah. like the acronym really means it's it's a thing that you can trade that is not tradable. It's not fungible, meaning there's not any, anything like it in any exact way. Um, and and it's we're we're using it in the Web three sense as a record of something having been created, by and it's a statement of that creation by the creator. And how how right. it
3: gets transacted or exchanged from buyer to seller, or right because yeah. it's it's not just a board ape, right or a cool image. It could be a, a title to a, a piece of property perhaps, that's right. Right? That's right or a song or yes. some other unique creation of, of text. So it. Yeah, the NFT is sort of a, a misnomer. You know, there's yeah. a lot more to it. Maybe you should rebrand it. Come up with a name.
1: We're, <laughs> okay. we're trying, but we uh, I don't think we have enough sway yet to dictate what people should be referring to it's these things a as. zest. <laughs> yeah.
2: So can I ask, just from a business perspective, obviously, you know, you're at the cusp of this, you call it the frontier, right? It's, it's all new, it's all changing daily. How did you focus in on the problem of originality as what you wanted to focus on? And did it take a while to kind of narrow that vision and get to that as sort of where you wanted to focus?
0: Yeah, well, I think that um, although we have this public ledger, it's brilliant, you can tell when assets are being minted and you know exactly the date and the time when that's happening. The problem we didn't um, understand or realize was going to happen was now you can mint assets on different blockchains. So each blockchain has their own public ledger and there can be conflicting information when you have different blockchains that have public ledgers. So if I was to mint, let's say a Van Gogh on Ethereum and that's where it got minted first, I as a user could copy that image go onto a different blockchain like Solana, and mint it again. And now we'll have a different time and date that didn't occur ah. before. So, yeah, so now you have a conflict of interest, right? Which one's the original? Yeah. Obviously the Ethereum one because it was minted first there. Um, what our search engine does is it crawls across all of the blockchains and it looks for that original asset and where it was minted and what time it was minted at. So it can pull that original asset and confirm the originality
2: and so like can you just give me a a case of like how this has solved the problem for someone
1: um i think that this this it's still too early to say yeah um but we have seen many instances of fraud exactly in the way jasmine has described it um resulting in people spending Hundreds if not thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars on something that would ended up being a fake oh, or put out there no. by somebody who was um, a bad actor. No. And and that that's the exact kind of problem that we are we're hoping to curb. Yeah. Um, as as the Web3 industry is still pretty nascent. Um, I think things like that hurt its ability um, to be adopted in a widespread way. Um, and so so, our tool will actually help bring some of what makes Web Two work really well back into the web three um, aspect mm-hmm. of things.
3: Gotcha. Got that, Sam? Yeah, it's now all I clear do that, all clear now, right? I mean, I can you imagine it, yeah. someone like copying the title to your house yeah, and selling it on Solana, now. but you're like, no, I did it on Ethereum or something. like yeah. that's that's yeah. terrifying. Um, yeah. And some of these nft art pieces are. High dollar value today still. So. Exactly. Um, can we talk about the technology and you know, and just how brilliant is Evan, your third partner? Because <laughs> you know, we watched him over this last year finish his PhD at UCLA, get these patent ready and filed in the tech. So just, you know, maybe humble brag a bit about your tech and, and your third co founder.
1: Uh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, our tech is the best that we've we've seen, and there are some companies that I think are tackling a similar problem, um, and and we've actually built a product that works, and it's and it's ama- and amazing how well it works. Um, we have we've yet to see anything that works um, better than that, even compared that to um, like Google's reverse image search. Um, I we're able to pinpoint things on the blockchain, which they're not capable of doing, at least not at this time. <laughs> maybe, uh maybe an acquisition's in order here. <laughs>
0: also, our search results are quick. Um, if you look at different companies that try to emulate what we've done, um, their results, first off, delay quite a bit. Um, there's probably like a 30-second delay for the results. And then second, they generally don't um, actually pick up on what we're asking of the search engine to pick up on. Our system is very sophisticated. It's quick. You can be very descriptive. It can populate those results very, very quickly. It's um, like 99.9% accurate. You, uh, there's a chance where you know, it, it may get it wrong, but for the most part, you can crop an image. You can reverse an image. You can add a collage of images, and it will still find the original asset on the blockchain.
3: Yeah, and, and if I recall your algorithms, they're learning with each search that's right there's yeah, how do you a cut AI can you dumb that down enough so sam and i understand
0: i mean it's it's um it we're using different models to create our our search results so some of it is from other companies that have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on ai um research that we're applying into the search and then there's also rip that um kind of does a mathematic equation on the back end that helps validate the originality of that particular piece. So you've got different layers that are being applied to get the results that we're receiving. Um, But each one are very critical into what that will look like as as an output on our search engine.
2: Wow. I even understood that, Dave, so... I hope so. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, I mean, I love the fact that your search engine, right, I always try to when we look at businesses say what well, who benefits like how do you know what, what happens it's a it's a faster search is assured or authenticated as being you know true representation of frauds and copies um it's a more precise refined search so my my results that i see as a consumer right i'm more satisfied it's not the worldwide waste of time kind of days and from a, a search uh a host of, of a lot of st- images and, and 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 nfts um they use less computing power right if it's faster cheaper better more precise so everybody benefits right the exchange that we're doing the search the cloud companies on the back end and the consumers and then i guess the public just because it's so trust trusted and validated
2: was there any question on who your biggest fan in the world is <laughs>
3: no, no, no. I'm like desperate to get a T-shirt or something. I like I don't have anything yeah, branded.
0: Maybe like I had.
3: I think your your sticker was we nice. Got, yeah,
0: we need more swag. You're right. I it's, think it's work really on great.
2: I mean, you did the. Logo and the name, it right? Did. Yeah, I yeah. Did. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Such a good
0: name. It's an amazing name. It was fun. It was like I. We try to keep it simple and easy to
3: recall. It's um, so
2: easy to recall and sticks in your mind. Yeah. Doesn't remind me of anything else, which is rare. I feel like. Yeah, that's a good.
0: So, point. what's
3: the business model then, is Zestblom? So, you have this tech. How do you how do you the consumers buy it or how do you get it out to the world?
0: Yeah. So, the idea behind that is that um, we help refine search for other aggregators. Um, other marketplaces probably gaming you can imagine so here's an example uh, we had um, a, a CEO for a gaming company approach us and he talked about how there are about 1500 uh, gaming platforms that are joining blockchain technology and with each one of those gaming platforms there's about you know you know 150 to 500 assets that they're selling and then times that by, uh, you know, a thousand because they're replicating those assets. So how do you search through all those assets? Like how do you, how do you find the gun that you need and the armor that you need to go fight your your war? Right? Like like what do you do? And so he came to us with this problem and he saw that our search engine is so sophisticated. You can be very descriptive. You could say, I want a shield that's red with flowers on it, and it will populate the results for that. And then you can make your purchase and buy those assets. And that's kind of unique. It's We bring the consumer to the user right off the bat, and there's no need for you to go around and searching and um, looking for those different properties that you would normally have to do. So that's the, that's kind of a strong value for, for business-to-business um, usage.
1: Yeah, as Jazz said, the sheer volume of, of content that's being um, tokenized uh, we're it's about going billions, to be right? in we're talking about yeah, yeah billions like of assets. millions tens of millions and it's going to be yeah, in the billions, billions. And, and what we our search is going to be able to do it's going to be able to find you that handful of grains of sand on the beach you know um, and it's not just we're not just talking about art I think we've already touched upon it a couple times we're talking about um, tokenized assets of, of value and so that's that could be the deed to a um, you know property or a license agreement for something um, and and then add to that. Um, so so as you at the original question was how do we monetize this? Um, well, we're selling APIs to marketplaces and aggregators for that search capability. Um, but we're also working on uh, our own set of smart contracts and technology that can facilitate new mechanisms of of transactions for those different kinds of assets.
2: So cool. So so cool. And how, so how, when did you start the business?
0: We started March of 2021. March of 2021. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's, I can give you the exact date, March 21, 2021. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. of incorporation,
2: baby. I, I love it. Um, sorry, that was leading into a second question. You're going to have sorry, to wait. I will, I, You're going to have to wait.
3: I'm going to be patient. Um,
2: so, Starting from the from the beginning, how have you financed your company? Um, and just sort of tell us the sort of highs and lows of that process. Yeah. Um,
0: well, we came to you guys. That was one way. I, I think you guys were the first investors we approached. Uh, I started doing my research, and I said, where can I go that um, will matter and is meaningful? And, of course, VSET, right? Because VSET supports small businesses that are trying to make a difference here in Vermont. Um, And I felt like we fit right in that and and we're also kind of unique to the industry, right? Uh, So I approached our ideas with with you two in hopes that you would invest in us. And the second route I went was the community. I thought, what better route to go than to ask people who they themselves see the potential in us? Because if they believe in us, then we believe in ourselves, right? So we went through WeFunder as a second avenue, um, and we were able to raise a 371K. Of course, VSET went through the WeFunder, and we had other VCs that went through that, and that was very meaningful. Um, I think that that was uh, a testament to what we're building as some potential, and people saw the value in it, and it's very validating as an entrepreneur to have that. Um, And
2: And with that, was it? How was working with WeFunder? I think it's you know it's obviously becoming more and more popular. How did that go for you? Uh, it was a little bit of a mess initially, yeah. and I,
0: I won't blame them completely, but <laughs> but I do think that they're better now. Uh, they way were the way better. Themselves. Yeah, they had some yeah. growing pains. That's too, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they were a startup as well. I I couldn't you know be so critical. I think they went really far, and their idea was meaningful. Um, they're better prepared now. For, for other people who want to join that space. Uh, but initially, it was a little a little challenging. And yeah. I, I lean to Dave for a lot of suggestions, let
2: yeah. me tell you. <laughs> so, so would you, for a company who's thinking about using WeFunder, do you have any recommendations of a, kind of what you need to bring to the table to make it successful?
0: Yeah, I, I would suggest uh, understanding what your valuation is. Um, know how much you're willing to give up of your company because that is – the first step to you continuing working on your company. How much are you willing to give up? Um, and really understanding a marketing. You know, get your voice out there. Tell people. I told my entire family. Everybody invested in my family. Uh, and let everybody know that you're trying to accomplish something that's kind of bigger than yourself. And you need assistance to, to do that. So
3: That's so great. And yeah. then you were able to get uh, some foundation backing as well. Can you talk about that?
0: yes
1: Um, yeah we we've submitted uh, we've submitted some grant proposals Uh, we started our work on a blockchain called Algorand which is a small blockchain but it's um, extremely powerful and in terms of its technological offering it's um, probably one of the most efficient and fastest um, technologies that I've seen as I as we initially did our research as to where to start building Um, and they granted us um, I think in total uh, around 200K in grant funding combined between the few grants. Um, and that was very meaningful. Of course, we've, we've, we started by building out an indexer and, and running all of the NFTs from their, um, from their systems through our pipeline. Um, obviously, the core technology that we built is completely chain agnostic, and, and we are looking to expand uh, into multiple ecosystems because that will only make the technology more valuable.
2: But how validating right from the start, you know, having them buy into what you're doing is, I mean, I can't imagine a better partner to begin.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. Having uh, the Algorand Foundation just validates that our work is meaningful and and essential for the infrastructure, for the ecosystem. Um, In addition to that, we also uh, leased out our, our search engine to a DAO, and they were able to compensate us for a, a million dollars. So we continued with that kind of funding as well to grow out our search engine and make it robust. Um, but there's still room for growth, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I, I will say too, like when we were looking at making uh, a $45,000 dollar Investment early on in the campaign, to try to—I don't want to say kickstart, but but to we fund it, you know, get that going. um Sam, we reached out to Jamie Goldstein and Jody Goldstein, two longtime entrepreneurs and investors, very familiar with Algorand, to come have a little sit down. Remember, I think we had nachos we and beer at Ranch yeah. Camp. just Just and I just love that about our community of Vermont, willing to come and share their perspectives and help us sort of figure what we're getting into a little bit. Totally.
2: I mean, I remember when Jasmine and I had that first call about Zest Bloom, I don't even know if it was named at the time, but I remember Mm -hmm. you telling me what you're doing and I was like, okay, I'm not smart enough to understand this, but I can find people who are and I know that you have something. Like I could hear it in your voice. I could hear the way you're talking about it. Um, So I would cringe to look at my notes now from that call, but I remember calling Dave and be like, okay, remember Morrisville, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no. The designer,
3: the designers co op? I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah.
2: It's like, yeah, engineering co op. It would be brilliant. Yeah. I'm telling you. You'll
0: like, get there. We'll do an episode on that one. <laughs> That's but, yeah, what we yeah, need to you do. Can do you want. Oh my God. Yeah, I yeah, would it. love that. Just Encourage I'll, I'll, I'll people. Join. I'll, I'll
3: get creative, I love it. Which, I love it. Um, so, is there any unique challenges like this forefront of technology thing? Like, where do you get inspiration or how, where do you find help or guidance? Like, like how do you do that? I mean, well, I'm a really good follower, right? But how do, you, how do you lead at this cutting edge stuff that seems to change every 90 days?
1: Oh man, change every, it changes on the week. It is, it is incredibly hard to keep up with. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just the nature of being in this particular space. Um, how do you keep up with it? You know, you just have to. We we have lots of um, people that we've met through um, conferences and people interested in building out you know technologies adjacent to ours, and we we pretty much just have you know a million Telegram chats open about different things um, with with different partners. Um, uh, yeah, and then, and even then we still get blindsided by something you know some big news you know some news announcements on on like a weekly basis.
3: Are you seeing innovations like uh, coming out of Asia or Europe or the US? I mean I mean you you have touch points and relationships globally. So any who any any geographic sort of lead in this or maybe it's a regulatory environment or or a mindset or something. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's a little of everything. Um we did just come back from Singapore which was really amazing. We saw a lot of talent there um it's, it's fascinating to see what people are focused on, it, the different realms, a lot of DeFi, obviously, um, you know, loans and, and lending. Um, we're more on, on, you know, the originality of and kind of insurance policy, right? Like we're confirming this is a real asset. You can invest in this asset. Um, but if you, you know, in Europe, I know there's a lot of like NFT marketplaces. That's really the trend there. There's a lot of high end art. And then you've got West Africa, which is probably the leading um, country in the world that is going into crypto. And they're actually regulating it, which makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. I do believe that when the United States starts regulating crypto here, it's going to be much more meaningful. Um, It's necessary because you need safeguards. If you're going to go invest in a stock and your stock fails, you get to write that off. You know, like it's not a complete loss, right? Like you get to write that off at the end of the year. You invest in crypto, you don't get to write that off. That's just your loss. That is it. That's what you take for your, <laughs> terrifying. yeah. And so that is a problem Nobody that needs to me be that. addressed. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So you you have to remind yourself that um, if you're gonna jump into the crypto world, know that it's not regulated. That it's like the wild wild west. And we need companies like us to to make sure that assets are legitimate.
2: So how, you know, like Brian, you said, things are literally changing week to week. Like how far ahead can you plan? Like you guys definitely don't have like a three to five year like product plan, do you? Like because it's just changing so quickly. I'm just curious, like how far ahead do you look?
1: Uh, you really just have to do the best you can Um in paying in particular attention to um, the regulatory side of things and the legal side of things, which Jasmine excels at, she uh, she made sure that everything Someone's about our company it, right? is structured properly and that we have all the um, you know all the eyes are dotted and all the Ts are crossed and um, and yeah that that's really the best you can do um, and we have lots of conversation with with our lawyers and our several accountants. lawyers, <laughs> several
0: accountants, yeah um, we um, I think our goal is. To make it more concrete, you know, to bring crypto in a world that makes sense, that benefits everybody, and everybody can take advantage of that. Um, we're creating a tech that will help facilitate that. Our tech is here to stay, like it's permanent. And even though the world around it changes weekly, our tech will, will always be the best and it will always be here and it'll always be needed. And that's what's unique about what we built.
3: We have- oh, I told you she was badass. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan and Evan too. We're just going to focus on Jasmine for a
1: sec.
2: So, one thing I wanted to ask you all is man, what is it like building a company and raising young children? And has the childcare crisis impacted you all?
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Don't cry. Don't cry, Ryan. That's an easy yes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it is so challenging. I think on a daily basis, like, how do single parents survive? Like, how do they do it by themselves? Because I cannot imagine being alone. And I came from a background where I was a single mom. My mom was a single mom. She just took care of me and she worked. 60 hours a week and you know i i stayed at school until she got off work i got dropped off at five in the morning i got picked up at 6 p.m because there was no daycare for me so i lived at school and that's where i spent my entire time so i i don't know what the solution is to it but it, it needs to be addressed it's clear because innovation is being um it's slowed down because there isn't that support. At the home, right? You know, people can't be creative. They can't be innovative. They can't find better solutions to, to bigger problems. And we're relying on just a certain group of of people to create all of the innovation. And it's it's very elitist. Yeah. So it's a huge problem. Totally. We, yeah. Totally.
2: And you know, as co co founders, co parents, right? It's like we both need to be in this meeting. But guess yeah. what? Exactly. <laughs>
0: You Only know, one of us will be totally, yeah.
2: and I, you know, I've had meetings with you guys where you know your kids are running around, and like <laughs> I love, I think it it is, you know, the sort of bright side of things is I think it is a little bit more normalized that like yeah, sometimes I have to bring my kids, and they're gonna color in the other room while we have a meeting, and that's sort of the reality, and that's really hard, and that sucks, but also I do think there's a lot of really positive change with that too because you people are starting to understand you know what no i gotta go i need to pick up my kid and that you know that's the most important thing they
3: they mess with me sometimes because we'll be on a zoom and and i see the the server on the floor behind them and you know they'll send their daughter over with like a juice cup an empty one i hope and just sort of (laughs) pretend that it's gonna like fry it's it's kind of freaky yeah do that don't do that with anybody else okay just (laughs) keep that there um any mentors along the way that you that you rely upon or that you found really valuable? Oh, that, you—that's such a given. Dave.
0: You <laughs> know huh? that you're one of our mentors. no, <laughs> no, no, well thank <laughs> you. No, <laughs> not for that. Like no, but it's true. But you—you
3: have so many others around. Of course, like, table of course. And, but and I, Chris mean, and, I mean, I mean, yes, yeah. yes.
0: We, uh, Dave, you're one. You are. You've been. Um, essential to us understanding the vocabulary in the startup world let me tell you nobody knows when people give you random vocab and you're like am i supposed to know what that means <laughs>
1: especially in the vc realm and the, yeah, how you raise money and value yourself yeah, it doesn't like, need to be that complicated words? right i
3: mean
0: um and that's always really challenging and and yes chris warner who we meet with weekly, um, and he gives us advice on how we handle our team, what the team should look like, what direction we should go in. Um, we also have Jay McArthur, who's McCarthy. Oh, McCarthy! Sorry, got his name yeah. wrong.
1: Chris and Jay are the founders of a company called Reach, um, and and what they're doing is amazing. They're they're building blo- um, uh, blockchain agnostic smart contract language it compiles down into the native language for different chains um, and and currently its support is for um, ethereum algorand and conflux but they're working to bring on other uh, very mainstream blockchains as well Um,
0: and we use their smart contracts uh, to build out our stuff and so yeah very very awesome they help audit some of our stuff well they won't say they audit they just review um and and we have a lot of you know we met Jason Lee. He was like one of the founding members of Algorand. Phenomenal guy, really welcoming. We've got Shamir from the Algorand Foundation, that you know, and uh, Ryan Terbellini, who are considering uh, investing in us. We have other Border- borderless, borderless Capital, borderless right? Cap- Which is yeah. a name in the space. So. Yep, big big Borderless. Uh, David. This might
3: know? be Sandy. Your question: on How do you keep up with
0: stuff? Right? <laughs> you just
3: talk to the folks in it. And yeah. If we were going to follow one or two people on on Twitter, to sort of, you know, who talks about this stuff regularly that um, a layperson like me could follow, you know, is there anybody that you're like, oh yeah, you can yeah. follow us. That's well, besides you, right? <laughs> you we'll do that, follow that. But anybody else out there me, that, Jasmine that you think is a real, <laughs> a real positive steward and. And and really offer some I, insights.
0: I do think Chris Warner is actually a, a good. He's a probably good one, one of the better AM. ones
1: that that I can name off the top of my head. There mm-hmm. are more. Um, I'd have to get my phone out, which I uh, I lovingly turned off and put aside for this this podcast. It means so. a lot to us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, man, any big screw ups, any big mistakes oh, that yeah. you could, you if me? you could go back and redo, that maybe you can help another entrepreneur <laughs> oh. prevent.
0: Oh, I. I Favorite phrase, right? What was the phrase that you used when we first built our first uh, marketplace? Um,
1: well, we did end up. We first we, you know, we hired a team that probably wasn't as skilled as it needed to be to build our first product, which um, which was initially looking like it was just going to be a simple marketplace. It was before we really got deep into the originality side of things, uh, and mm-hmm. so the phrase Jazz is referring to is to give it a, a Viking funeral. Uh, after we'd spent all that time and effort on something that um, that wasn't going to be paying Aww. our bills, really. painful, and then you know the code was bad, so we ended up um, we ended up taking only the best parts of it, and porting it over into our whole new application.
0: Uh, he pretty much just burned the rest i yeah. mean yeah it's uh something that
2: he regrets tremendously so would you, what would you have done differently would you just hire a different team would you have waited and, and raised more capital to build it or what would the move be no
1: i think uh hiring the right people makes makes a big difference i mean we Well, you
2: had such a sense of urgency too, right? Like I remember talking to you and saying, like, if we don't do this, someone else will. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. And 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 it wasn't. I think there's a you know there's a sunken cost fallacy too. You know, I think when you start a company, there's going to be some inefficiencies on how you spend money. But the point is to learn, take from that, and learn from it. Uh, And what we learned was to spend more time vetting people that we hire, and we have a solid team right now. Um, Our total headcount right now is six. And we've been able to build this amazing product with um, with uh, such a small number of people. And I think that's a, a testament to how much better we've gotten at, at choosing our talent.
0: Also, just, just to mention, you were still working. So you actually did not um, give up working. You Once ryan decided to dedicate himself to the project he was actually able to come on full-time as an engineer and he had the project yeah. and that made the difference that's a fair we pivoted point, yeah. Yeah. really really quickly but
2: after terrifying that. right yeah. Like a scary thing to do yeah. yeah yeah um jazz can you talk a little bit about being a woman in crypto because no, there's probably one. not a lot of you like and you're talking about going to all these conferences and things like do you feel like a leader in the space? Do you feel like you have, you know, other women that you can connect with?
0: Yeah, I I do feel like I have other women that I can connect with. Actually, um, yeah, we've got we've made a few friends with a few other CEOs that happen to be females as well. Natalie, fantastic, she's doing Prismatic, which is another project on Dow Tools. Um, but it is uh, seldom do you find someone that is in the same kind of Uh, category that you are in, right? Like, I'm a minority. So I'm a minority, not just because I'm a female, but because I'm also Hispanic. Um, It's rare that you find anybody that has those two (laughs) categories in them. Like, um, just recently, when we went to Singapore, we got invited to a, a group through the Algorand Foundation with the 50 most promising projects. And we were at a round table with, I don't know, would you say like 60 people were there? I wasn't there. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I was watching the kids. Ryan was watching we the kids.
1: To, back to the original question, Wait. we have to take the kids with us when we go to these conferences around the world. So we take turns. Yes.
0: So I, I'm there, and uh, there are three other females besides me. The other two females were just assisting with the project. They weren't actually co-founders or CEOs.
3: One out of sixty.
0: That's right. Wow. I was the only female that was representing a company that owned a company and was a co-founder of a company and the CEO of a company. Can you imagine how I must have felt? Like my God, yeah. talk about isolating. Like th- nobody can relate to what I'm doing, um, and I feel like I have a lot more hurdles, a lot more barriers. Uh, Are placed upon me and all eyes are on me. And the question gets asked often like, how do we bring more women? And it's like, support them, give them money. Yeah. Like, maybe their idea is not the best, but if you support them, they can make it the best. Like, give them the opportunity that they haven't been given in the past. And that is tremendous. Like, don't just say you're gonna put them on a panel, give them money. Like, it's not enough to be placing them on the panel and pretend that you're diverse. Like, totally. Yeah. You need to support them in the sense that makes sense because they're not making the same income as a male is, right? Right. We're, we're, we're first off, Hispanics are like 2% of the income earners. So like, they make hardly anything. So it, you can't expect a project to succeed and not back them with income. Yeah and yeah. I think VCs need to realize that like oh maybe I've heard this idea 10 times but let's support this female yeah. to accomplish that idea. Yeah exactly. And I think that that's really lacking. Yeah. I really feel like VCs need to just if they're about diversity make it make it so. Like I want you to look at your portfolio and I want you to review how many CEOs are females. How many of them are minorities? How many of them are this like Let's make it as diverse as possible. As as diverse as your portfolio is, so will be the people.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Hell here yes, you're here. Here, here. Oh my God, she's
3: good. My face hurts from smiling or grinning <laughs> and <from> grinning <laughs> and nodding so much. This is fantastic. Um, we're we gonna start wrapping up here, um, unfortunately, Sam. Yeah, we uh,
2: got kids to pick up, right? Yeah, kids we to do. pick
3: up. Yeah, Isabella. Like um, um, all right, each of you. Any, any little snippet of advice for the next entrepreneur that's out there with a big dream like you are, uncertain, how do I take the risk and chance? Like Just any little I snippet.
0: Think, I think uh, first, uh, if you're already in the space, you've already done something monumental. You took that first step. That is the hardest thing to do, to be honest. To say, I can do this and I believe in myself that is monumental. If you can get there and you can say, "I can do this," then you can do it all the way. Uh, always believe in yourself. Recognize that you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. Sometimes you're going to think it's, you know, going to be a complete mess. But you learn with every aspect of that, and you become so much stronger and so much better because of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really, just um, taking that first step and telling yourself that you know you do. It. Convincing yourself that you have a good idea is step one. And then um, being brave enough to go and write that idea down and go to people and, and you know sell them on it, get them, get them excited to invest in your company, get that first little bit of, of income um, that you can start working on and generating revenue as a company and kind of prove your idea. Um, that's really the hardest part. And I think putting, putting time and effort into those first steps really pays dividends.
2: So great, really good advice. Um, even if you hire the wrong developers, right, you'll get
1: you'll get over it. You'll be fine. The fucking
0: funeral. <laughs> it's it's essentially Ryan's like, all right, I guess I have to quit my job and start working yeah. <laughs> for our own company.
2: That's well, sometimes you need that kick in the ass, right? Yeah. Like, man. Um, all right, the magic wand question, and I'm going to give each of you an opportunity to answer because there's wand. two of you. Um, if you could change one thing in Vermont today with the magic wand, what would you change? <laughs> Look at you. It can be ridiculous Sounds or it can like be really got an meaningful. Idea yeah, Ryan's ready to go. <laughs> what, what is it, Ryan? Go ahead,
3: we actually.
1: Make, well, we can't make the snow go away, so. No, you can. No, There's no. a magic wand. Hey.
3: I mean, Dave would I be sad. Edit that out.
1: No, uh, no, no. That would not work. Ouch.
3: You can tell Californians <laughs> are in the house, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> That no, was a joke.
3: Maybe
0: not go away. <laughs> just make it shorter. <laughs> no, no. I think I think we need more um, kid spaces. don't think we have enough kids like
3: like to play and learn and gather because they can't
0: always go down the mountain like we take them down the mountain for 15 minutes and they're done and they're like okay get me off this mountain (laughs) so like what else do we do with them
2: i know every mountain should have like an indoor jungle gym situation yeah i
0: guess jay climbing gyms have been
3: great our our boys love doing that and those programs and the swimming hole is kind of fun but you're right more
0: outdoor stuff more indoor stuff for the snow the season is long so the Kids get stir crazy and they drive us. Do you want to
3: become a snowboarder this winter?
0: (laughs) Oh, I am a snowboarder. You are? I didn't know that. That's not on your resume. (laughs) I've been snowboarding since I was 16. Oh Oh my my God. God. I thought
2: Dave couldn't love you anymore, but here we are. (laughs) I'm like thrilled. Uh, Oh my God.
0: is where I would go. That's where I usually snowboarded. But yeah, now we're here. I haven't had the opportunity because of our kids. We snowboard with them going down the little hillside, like I said. Yeah, it's still painful. Yeah, Yeah, it's not easy. No, no. But yeah, I think more more stuff indoors for the kids and in throughout the area, not just like you know in the main cities like Burlington. Totally. But I'm the willing to dress, man. Yeah, I'm me too. To I would love to go like jumping from town to town because my kids are like, I want to go to Monkey Do in Hyde Park. I want to go to like you know something in mm-hmm. Johnson. I think that'd be cool. Totally. I think
1: my answer is I just want some some real authentic Mexican food.
0: <laughs> That's my answer, too. 100%. He's, like, feeling hurt left and right over there. I mean
1: the, Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: No,
0: Can you name a good Mexican restaurant for us? I'd love to hear it. Where they make homemade they flour tortillas. Well, I, well you
3: middle. told me about some of your skills, and um, I, I don't. I don't want to. Out any restaurant. Pro I know. Or con. I just said there
2: isn't a good one, so I'm probably gonna get some hate mail. I was but, like, "Do you have sorry. any good I just want to hear one." <laughs> Not authentic, that's for sure.
3: Well, I think when you establish this designers co-op,
2: oh,
0: let's put a
3: little uh, kitchen let's nearby do it. too. Let's think, do it. Let's engineering,
0: do it. homemade flour tortillas. All
3: right, well, let's get this search engine out there to the world and <laughs> and, and have some fun. Jasmine and Ryan, thank you so much for. For sharing guys. your story and, thank you for and having us. Evan, thank you for we'll talk to you another time as well. This has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series is made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Follow us on Twitter at vctvset, and let's get back on chain.